Hello, everybody. Welcome to Unrefined Women. I am your co-host, Margaret, and today is going to be just me. As you've probably noticed the last few weeks, Agnes and I have been really busy, as we've mentioned, and we've just been doing some of our own separate monologues with ourselves on this podcast. Um, but next week, we are going to be rejoined again and sharing some of our own conversations and some more guest interviews. So stay tuned. Anyway, today I want to unpack and talk about mental health, more specifically my mental health and some of the stuff I've been going through. Topics I'm going to be covering include burnout, mental health crisis, depression, extreme exhaustion, and thoughts of self-harm. So if any of that is just not something you are in a position to sit through and unpack with me right now, feel free to come back another day or just skip this episode. But I do promise that I am going to end today's discussion on a more uplifting and hopeful note. So it's not all sadness today. Anyway, I would like to first off come clean and share some big life changes that I have coming down the pike here. Um, There's actually been some things that have been happening for a while that I haven't talked too much about. So I have an eight-year-old son, Brayden, and his dad and I have been divorced for about, oh gosh, going on five years, I think now, quite some time. Anyway, His dad and I thankfully have always lived pretty close, uh, within close proximity to each other here in Las Vegas, Nevada, which has made co-parenting really, really easy. And thankfully, we've been able to build a really good and supportive uh, extended family community for our son and his stepbrothers. Um, His stepbrothers are on his dad's side from his dad's girlfriend. So that has been a little bit different the last few months. Braden's dad got a job transfer to Dallas, Texas. So he made that move um, a little bit after the new year. So I've been what feels like single parenting it over here in Las Vegas. And let me tell you, it has been tough. I have obviously the support of Casey, my partner, but we work very different schedules right now. He works mostly weekends and really long hours at a hospital. And I just, because I have so many different jobs and I'm partially self-employed, my I'm just all over the place. So it's quite hectic to deal with all of that and be doing full-time mommying and taking my son to school and all of his other stuff that he does. So it's been really, really hard being down a household and just not having the community support that I've been so fortunate to have. So this has brought about some discussions around how sustainable this is and what's the best option for our family going forward. So Casey and I have made the decision that we are going to be moving to Dallas, Texas as well. Thankfully, because we live in a fifth wheel, the actual move itself should not be that complicated. What is complicated, of course, is just saying goodbye to everybody here in Vegas. I've lived here about 10 years. Casey's lived here, I think, over 20, actually. So saying goodbye to everybody and wrapping up my jobs here. I have a teaching business that I have grown and is flourishing over the last few years. And and honestly, probably in like 90% of that is going to all disappear. Because, you know, when you have a local business and you move, like it's gone. Like you, all your clients, like it, you can't take it, you can't take them with you. So I'm just working on coming to terms with that and figuring out what am I going to do in this new chapter in Dallas. 
I have not worked a full-time job in years. I'm not sure if I can like mentally handle that going and working a full-time job somewhere. I'm still trying to come to terms with that and and what that's going to look like. So I've, you know, been applying to a few things because what is very important to me if I'm going to work a full-time job is it has to be for something that has a cause that I'm very passionate about. I'm also just deliberating as to if I should try to market my music business in Dallas and try to teach there and garner up some students. But most importantly, um, what I have decided and committed to in this new chapter is finishing up my degrees with social work so I can get the show on the road and continue on down that path. So big things in the works, guys. I'm feeling all the emotions right now. It's a very bittersweet thing. I'm excited, but I'm also just grieving. Again, I've lived here for 10 years. I really, really love the Southwest. I've made some incredible lifelong friends here and it's it's sad. It's really sad. So I'm just trying to honor the grief that's coming up and processing that before we move. So I think that part of why I've been having such a difficult time these last few months is because of everything I just described, just these looming changes coming. And as you know, we already went through a huge life change a few months back when we moved out of our house, sold about 95% of all of our possessions, remodeled a fifth wheel and moved in and we're doing full-time fifth wheel, fifth wheel life. So that was a drastic change to go through. Um, and then right around the same time was when uh, Braden's dad's got the transfer and I've been, you know, with Braden's been with me full time since. So that's just been a lot to deal with. Um, I've been, as you know, very stressed out um, and just juggling a lot of things. And at the same time, I have my son who is obviously, you know, grieving the loss of his community as well and missing his dad. And it's just a lot to be processing all of us as a family. So That's part of why things have been challenging for me, and now you all know. So, a few weeks ago, I had a solo episode, and I think it was just a very, very short one, um, where I just spent a few minutes describing some things that were going on with depression that had come up for me, and in that In that moment that I did the episode, I was okay, but that was really in the midst of a time when I was not okay at all. I was having some very severe symptoms of burnout, and I kind of want to get into that a little bit about what I was feeling, because I've had moments in my life where I felt burnt out, but this was really, really intense. So I don't know if any of you can relate to this or have experienced this, but I was feeling exhausted that's just like the first thing that comes to mind. And when I say exhausted, I don't even mean like physically exhausted. It wasn't like I was just falling asleep all the time or taking excessive naps. It wasn't that. It was just emotional exhaustion. Like emotional exhaustion to the point where my baseline level of functioning was such a train wreck that the tiniest, smallest little thing going wrong, like opening the fridge and an ingredient I needed to cook the meal I was going to cook was not there, would send me into a full-blown panic attack and sobbing and crying and just feeling like, what is the fucking point of life right now? Like, that's how bad my exhaustion, my, my mental and emotional exhaustion was. And I was like that for a few weeks. And really, I wasn't able to name it as as exhaustion right away. I didn't know what it was. I just knew I felt terrible. 
And it wasn't until sitting down and really asking myself some tough questions and really interrogating the voices in my head and just getting to the root of everything did I come to the realization that I really, really was exhausted and I just needed a fucking break from everything. And that's a tough thing to do because of all of the things we have in life. Like you can take a couple of days off of work, but if you're like me and you're self-employed or you are in the gig economy or you work part-time jobs or you even have a full-time job that doesn't have adequate pay or doesn't have the benefits that you need to be able to care for yourself, it's really, really hard to be able to take that time to recover and rest and be financially all right. And that was kind of one of the things I was coming up against is, you know, I don't have benefits. I don't have health insurance. I don't have paid time off. If I'm not working, I'm not making money. And let me tell you, the bills don't stop coming in. So I really realized that I was going to have to take a step back and rest when I started experiencing some of these other burnout symptoms, like just complete loss of interest in life. And I mean, like I had stopped dreaming, like dreaming. I've, I've always been a dreamer. Like I'm constantly, whether this is healthy or not, but living in the future, but usually in a very excited and positive way and working towards taking steps to build the future that I want. And I had lost that somewhere along the way. I just couldn't even see beyond this week. Sometimes I just couldn't even see beyond the next couple of hours. I just didn't even know how I was going to get through moment to moment. And I had just lost all interest in anything. And that led me to a place where I found myself just trying to find like cheap ways to escape and just entertain myself just to like get through the next few hours. And, you know, obviously things like having an enjoyable meal, you know, eating something delicious, um, watching a movie, you know, those are good things. But when you start to realize that that is now taking the place of bigger and beautiful things in life, that there's a problem there. And that's what I started to realize was this piece of cake I'm eating isn't just me eating a piece of cake. This is literally me eating this piece of cake because there is fucking nothing else to live for except this damn piece of cake. (laughs) And that was really scary to me. Part of why that was so scary is because I've been able to work and work in my life to a place spiritually where I do feel connected to people. I feel connected to what I do for work. I feel like my life has meaning and it has purpose and that I'm doing something good in the world. And I felt like I lost that. And just sitting there eating a piece of cake, it's like, I just don't feel any of that anymore. And because I know what that feels like, because I know what it feels like to be in that place of self-actualization, as Abraham Maslow coined it, it made it all the more powerful to be back in this place where I was just in survival mode. I was just like, what can I do to get through the next few hours and not be miserable? Um, What can I do today to make just enough money so that I can survive? Like this wasn't even thriving anymore. It wasn't like saving for something big. It was like, how much do I have to make so that I can pay for the roof over my head and have food to eat and we don't fucking die? (laughs) 
<laughs> like that's how bad it was. So to have that stark contrast just felt so terrifying to me. It's like, you know how we have to experience grief in life to really fully understand joy? I also realized that when you really experience joy, that when you go back to a really dark place, it kind of makes that dark place feel even worse. And I know it sounds so morbid, but just that contrast just really made this such a terrifying time for me. And I think just things got so terrifying and felt so hopeless that I started just like wishing for something bad to happen to me. And I've never, I've never had like suicidal ideation. Um, I've never thought of harming myself, but I was having like these fantasies of something happening to me, like something like beyond my control happening to me because I just wanted everything to stop. And again, I, I had to sit with that and really, really get to the root of that. Like, why do I want something bad to happen to me? It's, it's, I don't think I'm lacking self-love. I, I mean, I might be a little bit, but you know, I don't hate myself. I'm not, I'm not in a place of loathing myself by any means, but I just, again, it came back to I'm fucking tired. And I realized I was not giving myself the permission to rest. So I was fantasizing and coming up with ways of what could happen to me that would force me to stop and rest because I did not even feel in control of my own life enough to be able to say I need a fucking nap. It also just made me really, really resentful that I was feeling trapped in this survival mode, resentful of capitalism and the structures that we have in our country that keep people stuck. We we think that there's stratification in America, but there's really not. Um, in fact, when I took a sociology class a couple of years ago, there were some studies that I read and a graph that I saw that basically showed that the whole concept of stratification, where if you start off here, you're going to be able to work yourself up to being here in this better place where you have more access to resources and more money. You know, basically, that's not real anymore. It was 50 years ago, but that doesn't exist. If you're born working, class, the chances that you're going to actually get out of working class is pretty slim. So yeah, that, yeah. So I was just feeling very angry and resentful about that. And the fact that just so many of us are so exhausted, we're so burnt out, we're trapped in survival mode. And it's often because of systemic issues that are beyond our control. So obviously, though, Holding that anger and resentment was not serving me, and it pains me to say that because fuck capitalism and fuck all the oppressive systems. Um, yeah, I still have a lot of anger towards them, but I also had to kind of let go of it a little bit and shift my perspective just for my own goddamn survival. I had a conversation recently with one of my friends, and she's a social worker, and I was just explaining to her everything I was feeling, and there was something so powerful that she reminded me of, and it's something I've learned over and over and over in social work school, so I know this. I just had to be reminded, like we all do sometimes, and the reminder was identify the things that I can control and start there. Okay, so capitalism, like we're not gonna we're not gonna tackle capitalism today, guys. I'm sorry to say, I'm I'm very sad about that. But 
I had to figure out what I can control. So I started off with taking a few days off of work and teaching and just canceling everything. And I was like, you know what? Fuck the finances. It'll work itself out. I need to literally lay down. And that's what I did. And, you know, we have a tendency, and I do this too, to take downtime and different activities that we do in our downtime and then kind of stratify them in order, right? Of like, what's like a good quality way of spending downtime versus like what's a uh, a cheap and not very nourishing uh, way of relaxing. You know, in my book, when I think of like spending my downtime in a high quality way, I think of eating nourishing foods. I think of going outside, getting sunlight and all that stuff, going out in nature, meditating, praying, things like that, right? And then I think of, you know, wasting my time, quote unquote, as like laying in my bed, uh, having not showered for two days, watching TV, eating junk food. But you know what? I had to start there. I had to lay in my bed for three days and not shower and eat junk food and watch TV. And I think that that weekend really kind of shifted my perspective a little bit on how unfair that was of me to be able to judge activities like that. Because I realized that I needed that time to literally lay there and be a complete boring vegetable. Because here's what happened. Let me walk you through this. By about day three of watching TV, I noticed that I just like my nervous system had calmed down to the point where hearing one of the dogs bark, hearing Brayden go, mom, I need something, (laughs) you know, hearing my phone ring wasn't sending me spiraling into an existential crisis anymore. I was actually like able to get out of bed and deal with the things I had to deal with and then get back into bed. But there was, I just felt lighter and I also just felt calmer. Like the center of me was just more, more calmness and more just everything's okay. And yet my spirit just had a little bit more of a lightness around it. And I began to notice that even while watching TV, my brain was starting to wander a little bit. I wasn't as fixated on the TV. I wasn't trying to escape my miserable life by becoming totally identified with the protagonist in the story. I was starting to to wander a little bit during the shows and my brain was starting to get curious about things, about concepts, about plans, about ideas. And I started to dream again. And that had not happened in a long time. So I started dreaming. I was getting curious. And then I started to just find that ideas that I had, such as planning for our new change again with moving to Dallas, like things just started to feel more possible. Um, new schedules, looking for a job. Those things had felt so impossible a few days earlier, but now they started to feel possible. And with that, I started to feel excitement. And then I started to feel hope again. So I am just here to say that, hey, (laughs) if you need to literally lay in your bed for a few days and not shower and eat junk food and watch TV, like 
I am not going to judge that. I will not judge it. You don't judge it either. Just do it. Like sometimes you got to start there. And now here I am a few weeks later. And yes, I am doing all the good things. I am getting out in sunlight. I am getting out in nature more. I have really radically shifted my diet back to getting a little more in touch with what foods nourish me and eating those foods and more frequently eating those foods because I have a tendency to not eat So really trying to stick with that. And I'm really starting to feel a lot better now. And yeah, so sometimes we got to just start where we're at and just cry it all out from there. Finally, to wrap this up, one of the questions that I've been sitting with is this. Am I engaging in self-care for myself or am I engaging in self-care to be more productive? Who or what is my self-care serving? And I've been sitting with this because obviously, you know, we have to take care of our bodies. We have to be able to nourish ourselves and to rest so that we can do the things that we have to do. So we can be the loving parents we want to be. We can be the, the fun and the kind and the supportive friend, spouse, you know, anything, any of the roles we have in our lives. We want to be able to do those things, but are, is that the only reason that we're taking care of ourselves? Are we only taking care of ourselves so that we can be other things for other people? Or are we taking care of ourselves because we love and respect ourselves and we recognize our own humanity, we're honoring our dignity and our inherent self-worth for rest and joy? I realized that the last few months I was not taking care of myself because I was respecting my dignity and I was uh, or respecting my inherent uh, worthiness of rest and joy. I was self-caring myself enough just to be able to basically be a machine in the wheel doing all of the responsibilities, performing all of the functions that I had to do. And I was completely disrespecting my own humanity. So those are some of the questions I've been sitting with. And maybe that's something you can sit with, you know, with anything. Um, Why am I eating this certain food Um, as I had to? I had to get to the why. Sometimes just getting to the why is really, really important. And why am I taking this nap right now? Am I taking this nap because I'm tired and I deserve to take a nap? Or am I taking this nap because I, you know, first and foremost, I just want to be whatever, insert whatever thing you want to do later on that you want to be really good at. And that's fine. Again, that's fine. But just make sure that you're including yourself in the why, because you are worthy and I am worthy and we are all worthy of rest and joy. Lastly, as you all know, Agnes and I are big proponents of gratitude. So today I am grateful that when Braden gets out of school, he and I are going to be going to spend some time this evening with friends of ours. Since we only have a few weeks left here in Las Vegas, I'm trying to just shift my mindset a little bit more into getting out and seeing the people that we have been so fortunate enough to become close with in our lives here and and just enjoying that time because we're not going to be able to have that time as much as we do with these people. So that's what I'm grateful for. Hopefully you are all able to also step into that space of gratitude. 
Thanks for coming on this little journey with me today, and I hope you all have a beautiful week. We believe in the power of taking even one minute a day to breathe and find gratitude in the little things. Wherever you are, if you are able, close your eyes, take a deep breath in and out, and reflect on something that you are grateful for today. We are so honored that you could join us in this discussion today, and we hope you have a beautiful week. If you enjoyed today's Unrefined Woman podcast episode, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share. To check out other episodes, please visit our website at unrefinedwoman.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. To stay in the loop and receive access to additional content, please follow us on TikTok, username unrefinedwoman, and on Instagram at unrefinedwomanpodcasts. Special thanks to Walter Birdsong for the album cover, Margaret Rainey for our podcast music, Andrew Cioni for our gratitude prompt music, and Sean Butcher for editing and production. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week.